0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The enemy of faith is out to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's not always obvious about it. In fact, it's often he flies right under the radar. Pastor J.D. will be reminding you today to be on guard. Stay alert. Do not let deception and confusion sneak into your life. Test what you hear against the word and against the truth. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 30th, 2023.
1: I chose the title of under the prophetic radar because it's an apt description of the swiftness with which everything is flying at us in the world today. The idiom under the radar has the meaning of something going undetected and not getting the attention of those who are monitoring and watching in warfare, this is dangerous and deadly, such that incoming warplanes flying under the radar was a powerful deception in attacking without detection. Not only is this tactic effective in its deception, so too is a similar tactic effective in its confusion and distraction. In February of 1942, during World War II, the British Royal Air Force launched, interesting, Operation Gomorrah, deploying what came to be known as Chaff in their week-long bombing campaign against Hamburg, Germany. CHAF was an effective radar countermeasure in which the British aircraft would release a cloud of thin pieces of aluminized paper or strips of metallized glass fiber. And by doing this, the Germans' radar screens, which only operated in three frequency ranges at the time, making them susceptible to jamming, were swamped with these clusters, and it created a massive distraction and, of course, subsequent confusion. So effective was this tactic. The Germans' radar-guided master searchlights were as useless as the anti-aircraft gunfire was aimless. Probably already know where I'm going with this, so I'll just get to the point for a change. <laughs> Would you agree that this is exactly what's happening today? What's on our spiritual radars is going undetected and or being bombarded and clustered with distraction, deception, and confusion. So in my time with the Lord this last week, I was struck by the eerie similarity prophetically in the context of today's spiritual warfare. And by that I mean, so much is coming at us so fast. And because it's stealth, as it were, the deception, distraction, and confusion is astonishing. But God. But God has given us eyes to see, ears to hear. And if we're willing to utilize our biblical radar, of spiritual discernment, we won't be deceived, we won't be distracted when bombarded, and these things that are flying at us so much so fast will not go undetected. There's a most fascinating account in 2nd Kings, the sixth chapter, that speaks to this. Let me kind of give you the back story so you know what's going down here. It's really fascinating. So, the king of Syria, who was at war with Israel, was planning a stealth attack against Israel. But there was one problem. And the problem was that his plan was somehow showing up on Elisha's spiritual radar which is why Elisha has been warning the king of Israel to be watchful. When the king of Syria learns this, he's greatly troubled, and he calls this emergency meeting, thinking there's a spy in our midst. Otherwise, how would the king of Israel know what we're going to do before we do it? Certainly there has to be a traitor, a double agent, a spy. So, emergency meeting. In this meeting, the servants convince the king of Syria, "Uh, sorry, but there's no spies here. Here's what's going on here. There's a prophet in Israel, his name is Elisha, and he tells the king of Israel, get this, the very words you speak in your bedroom. How does he know? (laughs) Oh, God is the one who lets him know. Well, as you might imagine, the king of Syria becomes so enraged, and he sends his army under the radar at night and surrounds the city. His plan is to go undetected in order to kill the prophet Elisha, which is where we pick it up beginning in verse 14, and I'll read through to verse 23, second Kings 6. Therefore he, speaking of the king of Syria, sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And When the servant of the man of God, speaking of Elisha, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he, again speaking of Elisha, answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, just stop there for a moment and just indulge me for a moment, if you will. If I'm Elisha's servant, and he says that to me after I show him and tell him what I'm seeing, which is (laughs) this Syrian army, this great horde of army coming against us to kill us, and he says, don't freak out, do not be afraid, There are more that are for us than there are those who are with them. And I can just imagine the servant, because I would totally do this. I would be like looking, saying, where? Uh, Are you looking at the same? I'm, I'm looking over here, Elisha. Yeah, I know where you're looking. Well, apparently you don't see it. So we're told in verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. So then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots, chariots of fire, by the way. There's some Elijah in there because Elijah had a thing with fire. I know it's maybe conjecture, but I kind of think Elijah was a pyromaniac, you know, because, anyway. So, full of horses. So here's the Syrian army, and Elisha prays that his servants' eyes are open. The Lord opens his eyes, and what does he see? This little itsy-bitsy army that's so adorable. And the host of heaven, chariots of fire, And if you can imagine, I mean, put yourself there. Put yourself there. And you're looking at this servant, and you're thinking what he's thinking like, because he's a local servant. And he's saying to himself, God's got this. That's the point. Oh, thank you, God, for allowing me to see into the realm of the spirit. With spiritual eyes to see what you have for us. So (laughs) when the Syrians came down to him, verse 18, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray with blindness. Wow. So let me see if I got this straight. So he prays that his servants' eyes will be open, and then he prays that the army will have their eyes closed and be blind. And what does the Lord do in response? He struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Prayer is a powerful thing. Don't get any ideas now, thinking about your enemies. Now, verse 19, Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek, which is me, but you can't see because you've been blinded because they're after him. They have a contract out on him to kill him. And the very guy that they have been sent to kill is the guy saying, after he's been blinded, after they've been blinded, hey, I'll take you to the guy. (laughs) I'm standing right in front of you, but I'll take you to him. But he led them to Samaria. So it was, verse 20, when they had come to Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and there they were inside Samaria. Now, when the king of Israel, verse 21, saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? See, again, I would have totally done that. I would have said, Thank you, Elisha, for bringing the enemy into our hands. Now, with your permission, we would like to kill them. I would totally do that. And so would you too. So don't think yourself all that. (laughs) But listen to Elijah's answer, verse 22. You shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Then he prepared a great feast for them, And after they ate and drank, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know, did you catch something there? The Syrian army was not the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. We wrestle not against people, flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of darkness. We're in a spiritual war. This is spiritual warfare. And the weaponry we've been given, as Paul writes of the Corinthians, is not carnal weaponry. The weaponry we've been given is spiritual weaponry to fight this spiritual battle. And what does he do? There's redemption here. There's grace here. There's even salvation here. Their lives are saved from the king of Israel and your pastor and those of you who wanted to kill him. But Elisha saves them, saves their lives. There's an important lesson. I don't want to miss it, but we need to move on. But please hear me when I say this. We have bought the lie, sadly, that they are the enemy. They are not the enemy, they and you can fill in that blank they are the opportunity they are the mission field i was thinking this last week the holy spirit just brought this to my remembrance and i just want to share it with you it's a very interesting word from the lord to me personally and i want to share it with you so i want to frame it with a question why Does not the church evangelize people? Answer, because the church is too busy demonizing people. If you're demonizing, you will most certainly not be evangelizing. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing here the enemy is the enemy in the realm of the Spirit. How do you know that God did not bring that person into your path for such a time as this to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? And if you won't do it, deliverance will come from another, as Mordecai said to Esther. He'll find somebody else, because you've already blown it. You already posted something on social media, on their page, blasting them Well, so now God's got to find somebody else because you're not the vessel now. You're not the vessel. How are you going to evangelize the person that you demonize as the enemy? So God will find somebody. His eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth. I didn't mean to go this far, but maybe this is for somebody here today or watching online. Please hear me out. Maybe the Lord has and desires to bring somebody into your path as his eyes have searched to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts fully devoted to him so that he could be strong on their behalf, and use those people that he finds in his search. And when he finds somebody, he'll bring somebody into that person's path, because he knows they'll be good stewards, because he knows they end from the beginning. He'll be good stewards of the opportunity that he's just presented to them. What's the opportunity? The opportunity is to share Jesus with them, because they need Jesus. Let's not be Jonahs. What do you mean? The Ninevites, slash demon rats of today. Was that too much? must have been by your reaction. No, he he hated him. He hated him. God loved him. He wanted God to kill him. God wanted to save him. So when Jonah goes, he doesn't even present the gospel. There's no good news. It's just God's going to torch you. And I can't wait. I'm going to get a front row seat, pop some popcorn. I'll be right here. Can't wait 40 days, man. Can't come soon enough. God is going to torture you. And what is their response? They repent. What happens with Jonah? He gets angry with God. You can't save them. I just did. The king of Israel with the Syrian army, you can't feed them. I just did. They're not the enemy. They're the opportunity. All right back to the prophecy update already in progress. (laughs) The reason I'm beginning this way is because all of us, and I include myself, have unfettered access to that which God gave Elisha and subsequently his servant vis-a-vis prayer. Prayer is the vehicle, the avenue I think we, and again, I'm including myself in this, do err greatly when we disenfranchise ourselves from scriptures like this under the banner of, well, of course, that's Elisha. I'm not an Elisha. Well, you may not be an Elisha, but this is the same God yesterday, today, and forever of Elisha. And when we do that, when we disconnect ourselves, we tie the hands of God's many and mighty miracles with the ropes of our spiritual blindness and lack of discernment. Here's the truth. Like with Elisha, God, who was the same yesterday, today, and forever, has given us the same spiritual radar that he gave Elisha. In other words, what he had access to and availed himself of then is that which we too can have access to and avail ourselves of today. We can have that spiritual discernment and insight into the realm of the supernatural, Would to God that we would pray as Elisha did that our spiritual eyes would be open to see the spiritual war instead of being so blind to it. Did you notice that every time Elisha prayed, it had to do with either opening eyes or shutting eyes? So that they would either be blind to see or not blind, so they could see. What's your point? My point is that we need to pray, Lord, give me spiritual eyes to see. Let me see this through the lens of this supernatural insight and perspective, so I can see (laughs) the host of heaven, the army, the chariots of fire. I would really like to see myself a couple of those, by the way. And if, oh, we could only see what God has and what God is doing for us, because if God is for us, and He most certainly is, then no thing or no one can come against us. Oh, again, would to God that when we see the enemy, and the army, (laughs) and the threat, and the fear sets in, that God would give us eyes to see. Ah, No, 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 no. That's adorable. (laughs) If you could only see what I see. (laughs) In the spiritual arena, those angels give in charge concerning me. The eye of the Lord never is always upon me, the hand of the Lord is always for me, protecting me. Well, if you'll kindly allow me to, I'd like for us to first activate this spiritual radar prophetically, then second, I'd like for us to make the much needed application personally So what follows are some of the spiritual attacks of prophetic significance that are undetected and or bombarded and clustered in all the deception, distraction, and confusion. Again, this is my purpose, objective, if you prefer, and my prayer is that All of us, again, myself included, would get these on our spiritual radars because of the paramount importance of doing so, because doing so will have the effect of opening our eyes to the seriousness of the lateness of the hour in which we live.
0: You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition, where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.